0: All right, folks it's been a while but we're back the heavy hitter sports betting podcast ufc edition is back oh we're releasing a ufc one tonight. yeah you know what we didn't release the one last weekend uh that was probably for the best blades versus lewis you know what Let, let's quickly talk about that card. amazing team man amazing how in the world
1: did does Derek lewis continue to do these things
0: we touched on it on the we touched on it on the midweek slate. Yeah. Obviously, Derek Lewis has come from behind victory against Curtis Blades. Um, there was no bet here, frankly, because Curtis Blades, where my lean was, was frankly too big of a favorite. He was too heavy, yeah. It just didn't make sense. Even as a parlay piece, I felt he added very little value. I was I was definitely interested in a over 1.5, potentially an over 2.5. I couldn't pull the trigger on the over 2.5, to be completely honest. I just... I envision the fight going completely different. I always knew Derek Lewis, within the realm of possibility, could knock out Curtis Blades. I mean, you had to know that was within the realm of possibility. You had to, yeah. But I really figured this was going to be Curtis Blades just tiring Derek Lewis out. Now, Blades, it seemed he favored his striking early on. I think he only shot for one or two takedowns in the first round. But realistically, he comfortably won the first round against Lewis. Lewis didn't look like he had a lot to offer on the feet. A lot of the punches that he was throwing, he was missing. And he looked like he when he was recovering, he was off balance. Blades looked good in the beginning. He really did. But then you know what the thing is? Curtis Blades, he comes in on a straight line, right? And it, when you have to prepare for a wrestler and you know he's just going to come in on a straight line. And I guess Rashad Evans, little side note, had said to Michael Bisbing, who was on the broadcast, that he was worried that Curtis Blades kind of shoots in a little sloppily every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. And that's where Derek Lewis and could that's, take. that's yeah. where Derek caught him. And Derek said, I guess, post-fight that all he trained for this fight was knees up the middle and then uppercuts and and props to him. He got it done second round, uh, a minute 26 in. So if you had taken that over 1.5 prop, wouldn't have worked for you. If you took the under 1.5, hats off to you. You probably got plus money on it. Very big money. Uh, good for you. And that's the thing. If you took Derek Lewis to win by KO, which the man with the red coat did. The man with the red coat keeps finding a way here 5.5 odds like 5. my hat's 5. off to him clifford he texted me honestly that he had taken that and i was furious i don't know why i was so upset because i had no money on the line but i i just i couldn't believe it and because t-man th- we we talked about this curtis blades is the better fighter
1: but then we get the knockout power in derrick lewis and he does that.
0: I think Derek Luce has been underestimated. I really do. Because when I, we talked about this again on the midweek podcast, um, the wins he has, Francis Ngannou, um, Curtis Blades, Volkov, very impressive. Those are three top five opponents. I mean, incredible, really. Going down the line, um, Alexia Olenichek, Chris Dawkins. I had my boy, Alexei Linichek here. Won't lie. I made an, uh, two official plays. I took him to win and then took him to win to finish the fight. Um, I, was be- I was betting with my heart here, folks. It was not a smart bet. And, and frankly, uh, that's got to end. No more betting with the hearts. I like Alexei Linichek. I've made good profit off of him. Because he's always in these underdog spots and he usually finds a way to win. But Dawkins looked good. Docus you know what? He, and you were worried about that too, though. I I had said in an unreleased episode of the podcast that Docus worries me because he has fast hands. And then Olinichek's getting up there in age. I mean, when he fought Lewis the first round, he wins. But he comes out. And my big worry when he was fighting Lewis was Lewis has power. Lewis is going to have some athleticism in the sense of being explosive. Olenicek struggles with that. What do you know? Chris Docus gets it done in the first round um hats off to him I'm excited to see what Chris can do he's a good play a eh? potential moving forward I like him good there you know what uh when he came to the UFC I guess he was working full-time as a police officer yep. he was weighing in around 250 plus pounds He's since lost a huge amount of weight coming in at 225 he looks quick with his hands apparently he has a black belt in jujitsu so there is some good groundwork we really haven't seen too much of it um yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the division uh, he's one of these heavyweights that it's a bit lighter so he's going to be a bit more agile than some of the lumbering guys he's going to face. Um, talking about hot prospects, I think the guy, we opened the card with Tom Aspinall against Andre Um, Yeah, I mean, again, Tom takes a victory here. Second round submission. He looked good. First round, clearly he wins. Uh, but Andre is hanging in there. I think he had Andre Hurt one or two times Uh, but the one time he had Andre pinned up against the fence he's just unloading right hands to the body Um, but Andre stays in there that adds to the idea that Andre he's not chinny there's this narrative that Andre Arlovsky is chinny because he's been knocked out so many times and he's he's such an old fighter but really he gets knocked out by these extremely heavy-handed individuals Uh, he was in there with Tom Aspinall and really, it, it was impressive how Tom won the fight. He shoots a takedown, had shown no hint that he wanted to grapple at all with Andre, and takes him down, immediately gets the back, and taps him out. Hats off to Tom. I'm excited to see who they put him in the, with next. Um, I mean, he Andre Alofsky, to me, is the ultimate gatekeeper, so he definitely deserves a top 10, top 15 opponent. Do you have any potential names for him? I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head. I mean, initially, the, as the night was going on, I thought I'll just throw him in there with Chris Dawkins, two guys, same card, both get wins. Um, I'm not sure. Tom honestly didn't look too eager to fight a big name next. He, it made, it sounded more to me that he wanted to take a few fights and slowly build his way up. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Um, Give him a, give him somebody of name value because obviously they, I think they want to, the UFC wants to attach their wagon to Tom and kind of build him up as a future heavyweight star. Um, either way, I'm good. I like what I saw out of Tom. Problem with Tom, though, is going to he's going to be a huge favorite, I think, in all these upcoming bouts. Um, it's going to be tough, tough betting him. Uh, final fight I want, just want to touch on on that card. Iman uh, Zahabi mm-hmm. against Draco Rodriguez. This was the second fight of the card. Uh, I had seen a lot of bettors take Draco Rodriguez. Um, usually the narrative here was uh, not many people impressed with Zahabi. Uh, had not really performed to what people were expecting he was going to perform as in the UFC. Being the brother of Farras Zahabi, GSP's former trainer. I shouldn't say former, but uh, GSP is obviously retired right now. Huge KO in the first round. Um, I felt bad for a lot of MMA bettors.
1: parlays that bust? A lot man. of <laughs> parlays went bust, we'll
0: put it that way. Uh, Zahabi gets the win. You can't count him out. He he lives to uh, uh, to fight another day in the UFC. Good for him. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see Chase Skelly against Jamal Emers. Probably one of the weirdest moments in UFC history. Chase Skelly gets into the octagon and then is announced that he cannot, he will not be fighting because Jamal Emers has a back spasm.
1: A back spasm?
0: Yeah, apparently was in excruciating pain and couldn't fight. Um, wow. That's Strange. something you don't see every day. Definitely not. Anyways, enough about last weekend. Let's move on to this weekend. Going to be honest with you, folks. Uh, a lot of my attention is put towards UFC 259. Oh, Blade what a Jowin's weekend that is going to be. Adesanya. Um, but you know what? we got to break down a few of these fights on this card. Let's get into it. A few fights we want to talk about. I'm not breaking down the whole card here. Um, just too many damn fighters. And like I said, most of my attention is to UFC 259. But let's get into it. First good fight. looks here, T-Man. Find the good looks. Um, you know, This this card is tough because a lot of the people that I side with They're favorites and they're just they're they're massive. They're they're massive to a point where I don't I don't want to take them. I don't even really want to include them in parlays because you can just see an upset occurring in a few of them. Uh, But let's get into it. Angela Hill, Ashley Yoder. First fight, I'm leaning Angela Hill. This is a rematch. All right. Angela Hill fought Ashley Yoder. Ashley Yoder. Sorry. Back in July 7th, 2017, on the Ultimate Fighter Redemption finale. 2017. That is correct. Oh, wow. That was a few years back. Uh, now. It's, it's been a handful of years back. Um, Angela Hill, What what's to say about her? Uh, I You know what? When Angela Hill first came to the UFC, was not really impressed with her. And frankly, she was an on-and-off fighter. She'd win a few, uh, maybe lose a few. Uh, but, you know, as of late, she's really turned it around. Um, huge win against Hannah Cipher, TKO. Uh, Good win against Luma Lukbunmi. Mispronounce that. I don't give a shit. Butchered. A a very close fight with Claudia Gedalia. And I bet Claudia Gedalia. And she drops Claudia Gedalia I believe in the second round. Stapes. This was a fight that we had both bet. We were both sweating. Yep, Because Angela Hill looked fantastic. I I was extremely impressed with her. Her strikings come leaps and bounds. She always had good striking, but weak grappling she made a lot of improvements as of late in the grappling department just looked phenomenal in that Claudio gadelio fight and frankly when she was scheduled to fight M- Michelle Waterson I thought this is Michelle waterson's um sorry this is Angela Hill's fight to win yeah. she she's got this in the bag Michelle Watterson wins a very close split decision. And it was a very close fight. Yeah, we were on Angela Hill that night, I believe. I we, we were. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate. So those are two losses back to, get, back to back. But those are very good fighters, okay? Michelle Watterson is a good fighter. Um, I know she gets a lot of shit being the karate hottie and not really performing against sometimes the highest level. But she is a good fighter. Ashley Oder, this is just... It, it's one of those things. It's just the levels. Levels to the game. Ashley Yoder... Uh, Had lost to Randa Marcos, and then followed by a loss to Livia Renata Souza. Um, Two back-to-back losses, and then she beat Miranda Granger. She was an underdog, if I believe, a, a relatively large underdog. But she came out and she looked good. It looked like she made a lot of improvements to her game. Her grappling has always been good, but she comes out and she really does well with the striking, which was a big surprise. So it's great to see her make improvements, leaps and bounds in her game. But you know what? It's just not going to be enough to beat Angela Hill. So I'm leaning Angela Hill here. The only thing is Angela Hill's a huge favorite. So I'm not really enjoying that. If you want to potentially take Angela Hill to win by unanimous decision, I'm thinking that is probably a better shot. But obviously you run the risk because now you're not just saying who you want to win. You want to say, you're saying who you, what they are going to win by.
1: Yeah, you know what? If you did go by de, uh, unanimous decision, you're looking at about 1.6 odds there. So, um, yeah, you're getting to a point where that's kind of out of profit,
0: but that's a good uh, parlay piece if you're looking at that. It, exactly, exactly. Because Angela Hill, just a straight up win, like I said, I I don't really like 1. it. 1.28, yeah. 1.28. Even if you're going to parlay that, I think then you're adding, say, potentially three pieces to your parlay. Um, and then once you start adding three and above then you're looking for a loss yeah you're you're looking for a red dot
1: so to speak exactly
0: next fight let's move on here pedro munoz against jimmy rivera this should be a good one leaning jimmy rivera here this is a relatively close fight on the odds so good pick here with jimmy rivera um jimmy rivera i i like betting this guy all right this is a another rematch actually we're following one rematch with another uh jimmy rivera won the initial fight it was a split decision um Rivera as of late win against Coney Stamen, lost to Petrion and lost to Aljamain Sterling win over John Dodson and then a loss to Marlon Moraes. all right so he's got more losses in the last five fights than he does have wins all right he's uh two and three but you know what the, he's losing against big name competition Petreon, he is the best in that division he is going to beat Aljamain Sterling yes he will mark weekend. that right now I I, I will get into that UFC 259 later I cannot wait for that fight. Algemain Sterling, obviously another phenomenal fighter. He likely is number three in that division. I'm putting Corey Sanhagen above him, despite him having a win over Corey Sanhagen. I'm just saying, no- T-Man, 1.72. Number two or three Petrion here. Petra looks good. Marlon Moraes, he does not appear as good now because of the losses he has taken. But at the time, that was on Mar- Marlon Marais' hot streak. It's It was fine to take a loss there jimmy rivera i love the leg kicks he brings to the table i like the power i like the aggression um he's somebody who when i say power he he throws heat even though he does not have that many ko's on his record um most of his fights are going to the unanimous decision i just like the overall package he brings to the table he's one of these fighters that whenever i bet i, I just feel confident in. i know exactly what he's going to bring to the table he does the exact same stuff every time pedro munoz very good fighter Um, last two fights, losses, Frankie Edgar decision split. I think he won that fight. When I rewatched it, I really thought he had won that fight. I thought he had done enough prior to that. He has taken a loss to Aljamain Sterling again, nothing wrong with that. And he had won a KO over Cody Garbron. Okay. That was Cody Garbron's second fight after the TJ Dillashaw fight. I believe. Yes, that is correct. Just gave it a double check Two losses to TJ Dillashaw, then to Pedro Munoz by KO. Um, uh, I just think Jimmy Rivera is going to be a little bit more active in this fight. He's going to chop away with him at the leg kicks. Um, Frankie Edgar, when Frankie Edgar was pushing the pace, so to speak, when he was moving forward, um, that's when he really got Pedro. And I think Jimmy Rivera is going to be able to do that. Uh, Jimmy is pretty damn durable as well. I don't think he's going to be too worried about the power of Pedro has. Um, yeah, I'm taking Jimmy Rivera here. I like it. Even Jimmy Ver- Rivera to potentially win by unanimous decision. That's something that I, I consider. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Rivera is going to be an official here. play. Yeah, you know what? Let's make Jimmy Rivera official play. That's how confident I'm going to be betting him. So might as well make him an official play. Okay, so here my, here's
1: here's where I'm coming from here, T-Man. Listen yep. up. 1.66 on a Jimmy Rivera win. Yeah. Now 2.0 on by decision. Yeah. So where are you leaning here? What do you want to make an official play? Because it looks to me like Jimmy, if Jimmy Rivera is going to win, it's going to be by decision.
0: I don't know if you remember the states. We took Jimmy Rivera against Cody Stamen okay. in his most recent fight. Um, and you know what? I'm pretty sure I took Jimmy Rivera to win by a nice decision, so I'm going to do it again. Jimmy okay. Rivera has put a full unit down, 2.0 odds. It's going to get double your money. Yeah. Uh, I feel confident in that. Oh, um, I love that play. And you know what? If you wanted to add a parlay piece, Jimmy Rivera to win, yeah, it's potentially something else on the card or maybe another. Maybe thing. look at an Angela Hill win. Exactly. Because
1: that way, if you throw Jimmy Rivera in with just an Angela Hill win, you're looking at plus money there, too. So a little two teamer, little two fighters in uh, a little two play parlay. You're looking at plus money there. You've already touched on Angela Hill. She should get the job done. Jimmy Rivera should get the job done. There's plus money.
0: Excellent. I love it. Think- All right. Co-main, co-main event. We got Nikita Krylov against Magomed Ankalaev. I'm leaning Magomed Ankalaev here. Okay, Magomed Ankalaev is the heir to the throne in the light heavyweight division. All right. Now that John Jones is no longer in the light heavyweight division, that division is completely open. Jan Blanchowicz is obviously the current champion, but Magomed Ankalaev, he is the future champ. Mark my words here. All right. Wow. Very, very confident in this, uh, this, this Russian fighter. That is a statement, T-Man. I should say this Dagestanian fighter, so obviously coming from Dagestan, Russia. Look, he gets forgotten about because in his first ever UFC fight, he gets submitted by Paul Craig in the third round. All right? He was winning that fight. He's winning it handily. Since then, KO win over Marcin Prachino. Decision win over Klitsen Abru. KO to Dalcha. And then two TKO, such KO, wins against Ion Kutulaba. A little bit of controversy in their first fight. Second fight, he comes back into UFC 254. KOs him in the first round. I love everything I see out of Megomet and Kalayev. Very smart fighter. Very uh, patient on the feet. Plenty of power. Um, When he strikes, he strikes with bad intentions. Um, Love this guy. All right. Absolutely love this guy. Enter Nikita Krylov. He's been in the UFC for quite a long time, All right. His first fight in the UFC is in August 31st, 2013. Now, he spends some time in the UFC, and then ends up leaves, leaving the UFC to go fight for Fight Night Global, all right? Since his return to the UFC, he's looked great. Comes back to the UFC, takes a loss to John Blanchiewicz. Nothing wrong there. Rematches Ovin St. Preux and gets a victory over Ovin St. Preux. Fights Glover Teixeira in the following fight. Decision split loss here. I think Glover had won that handily, to be completely honest. Uh, Glover's tough to beat, you know. He's that grandpa who just keeps fighting, just keeps swinging. He's always an underdog, and he just finds a way to win. After that, fights Johnny Walker. Decision went over Johnny Walker. The decision went over Johnny Walker impressed me. He showed durability. He showed grappling, um, overall striking, prowess. I liked everything I saw in Nikita. Nikita is great, but you know what? He loses these big fights against relatively tougher elite level competition and what i mean by that you take a look down his uh, losses lost to glover tech lost to john Blanchewich, lost to misha sharkanov the canadian over in saint Pierre, a loss the over Saint pure loss obviously was quite a while ago back in 2014. i just think i think magomet Ankalaev is going to be too crisp for him too elite level striking um you can't really take magomet Ankalaev to straight up as a victory he, he's again too inflated yeah uh, as he is in most of the fights he has um nikita though this is what it, this is what interests me uh nikita is durable i mean he used to fight at heavyweight uh, he has a win over heavyweight against walt harris think about that for a second wow um he is pretty damn durable i mean his losses are decisions and submissions i don't see megaman and kalayev really wanted to take it to the ground i think he's going to keep it on the feet um this guy has a lot of power, but yeah, you know what? I could see Nikita Krylov potentially bringing this to a decision. Now, what interests me here is Magomed and if I remember correctly, uh, to win by KO or submission, he's 1.8. But to win by decision, he's 3.75. I know that might seem a bit crazy, and I might look in retrospect. Three-round fight, though, men—that man that, like, was, that's... that was silly, but... I kind of want to take a shot with that. So you know what? I'd be prepared to lay even like a quarter of a unit, just a small sprinkle. Okay. A little something, something on there, you know, just because I could see Nikita making this a little bit more of a tough fight. Would you, why, if you think this guy's going to win, why don't you throw a
1: sprinkle on both by decision and by KO, just in case a little hedge is what exactly. yeah. Yeah. Because even if you lose the KO one, uh, the win by KO, and you get the decision at 3.75, you're still going to make big
0: money there, right? Well, obviously, the risk becomes if that Nikita Krylov exactly. springs it up. So exactly. Which, fun fact, fun little stat we heard on the weekend. In the UFC, as of the start of 2021, the underdogs have come away with a victory 40% of the time. I'd be interested to know if you put down a $100 on every underdog what you'd be walking away with right now, because obviously some of the odds on the underdogs have been insane with the victories that have been occurring. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to make that official play yet. Keep on track with Twitter. We are going to tweet them. I'm going to do a better job this week of tweeting it in advance. Um, I might, you might see a play on that. I'm leaning, but like I said, Magomet and Kaliyev 100% leaning that way. Uh, there's a high chance you're going to see some sort of play and potentially a uh, Magomet off by decision. It'll be a last minute play. Check Twitter, heavy hitters 94. Moving on to the main event, Rosen strike against Cyril Gagne. I think Cyril wins this fight. All right, I'm leaning that way. Um, he's just a more mobile fighter. I've been very impressed with his striking. First two fights in the UFC, he comes in and finishes them by submission, if I recall correctly. Um, and he was quick with the submissions too. And I believe in the second fight he had in the UFC, he pulls a submission off. I believe it's a hill hook. I don't have the stats in front of me. I apologize if I'm incorrect here. And he does it at the last minute of, say, the third round. So really, this is a fighter who he's won the first two rounds handily. He's winning the third. There's no reason f- for him to risk it, so to speak, but he still goes for the finish. I like a, what I see out of Cyril. He's one of these guys who is a bit lighter. I think he's still a, a humongous man, but weighing in at 244, he has great movement, amazing cardio. This guy's hopping around the whole time, throwing tons of leg kicks, throwing... Th- tons of kicks to the body um, and doesn't even appear phased heading into the third round uh and that's what i think i think it's the movement and the kicks that are going to give uh, rosen strike a hard time um let's be honest hardcore mma fans you rewatch the alistair Overeem fight alistair won that fight or he was winning that fight right yeah. up until, until he lost that fight yeah, exactly. he, he got a Derek lewis pulled on so do you see a little rosen do you see a little Derek lewis here in rosen strike here's the thing uh I I do. Rosenstrike has power. I mean, we can't dispute. So I I really could see Rosenstrike catching Cyril and then putting him out, to be completely honest. And people will will say, take Cyril to win by KO. Um, He does a great job at getting the KO. And funny enough, MMA expert Jack Slack says he does a great job at getting the KO when he's not looking for the KO, so to speak. Um, I could see a world where this honestly goes fairly long. I think the movement of surreal is going to be too much for Rosenstrike, who's a bit more flat footed and doesn't show a lot of, um, quick output. I think he's going to get picked apart with the kicks. Um, I think he's going to be able to keep that distance, but here, the, here's the thing. They got 25 minutes to work. Rosenstrike yeah. has power where you can put you out in one, just by one punch. So you know what <clears throat> the lean here is surreal. All right. I think surreal wins better movement, better cardio gas tank. Um, just an overall better striker, more technical striker. Uh, but Strike always have that power. So you know what? If I was to bet something here, I'm going to bet Strike to win by KO, frankly, because... But do you think there's value in Cyril at 2.0 odds to win by KO? I I worry about betting Cyril to win by KO because for, for some reason, and you got to acknowledge the gut feelings every once in a while... I just have this gut feeling this could go to a decision. Okay. And if it goes to a decision, I'm going to lean surreal. Okay. You know, because I think he's going to be the fighter that comes with more volume. I think he's going to play a, a kicking heavy game plan. Let's remember that JDS fight. To me, he seemed a bit more tentative to throw hands, but he was very comfortable at throwing kicks. He was throwing plenty of kicks and really he rocked JDS with the jab. Now, could that be potentially because JDS is a bit long in the tooth? Um, potentially, I, I think, uh, I think surreal will probably pay, play it potentially a little bit conservative. Um, I could still see him getting a KO, but I could see a world where this is entering the fourth round. And if I had money on surreal to win by KO, I start to get a little nervous. Yeah. I just, I have this weird gut feeling. So, so
1: what about, a, a an over two and a half rounds here?
0: Still not, uh, You could probably see it going both ways, right? Yeah, it'd be risky. It's tough. I can see a lot of scenarios in my head, and I don't remember the odds off the top of my head, but when I was looking at them, you have to acknowledge that every line gives a percent of what the bookie expects to happen. Yeah. And if you disagree with that percentage of what they give, then that's when you jump on it. I don't know that I necessarily disagree. Um, They have it even right now, 1.83,
1: 1.83 for over under two and a half rounds.
0: It's tough because I could see a world where Rosenstrike finishes surreal early just with a quick flash KO and that could occur anytime that uh, like, like we've seen Rosenstrike can get that in the fifth round. He can get that in the first. He's got KOs in both. So it's tough. The lean is surreal, but you know what? If I'm going to bet it, it's got to be Rosenstrike. And to be honest, in my opinion, it's got to be Rosenstrike by KO.
1: There's just so much value there.
0: No, I agree. I, it's like the Derek Lewis uh, heavyweights. It, it's a coin toss sometimes, you know, Let's be real. here. There's only a handful of few heavyweights that have elite level striking, elite level cardio, and elite level wrestling. A lot of heavyweights, especially in the UFC heavyweight division, are explosive individuals who might throw sloppy strikes, get tired after one round, and it really becomes anyone's fight at that point. We've seen it where fighters like Volkov, who Volkov, in my opinion, is a very high elite level striker. He really knows what he's doing inside the octagon. Um, but he's lost to, say, Derek Lewis. In a fight that he was dominating the first three rounds, he just gets caught in the last 20 seconds because he makes a mistake. That's the way the heavyweight division is. So, again, Surreal to me is the better fighter. But Strike always has a shot. And sometimes you got to go with the person who always has a shot. Look, last week I thought Blades was the man to beat Derek Lewis. In fact, I feel very confident in any fight that Blades fights in. If they did a rematch, I'd take Blades again. We talked about this. So next time Blades fights, look out. Ha- Hammer Blades. Oh yeah, yeah. Look out. He'll be ready. You can I, guarantee that. I, I expect Blades will probably want to come back relatively quick, as quick as he's allowed to, by taking such a savage KO loss. And and I think he's going to look good. I don't even know who he's fighting yet, but like I think he'll take a mid-tier name, and he'll probably dominate the shit out of them. I, I, I always feel confident whenever blades fights embedding him because I know he's going to bring to the table. I love his cardio. I love his wrestling, but you know what? It's anyone's game at heavyweight. That one punch can change, change so much in MMA just in general, but the heavyweight division, especially. So yeah, anyways, that that's that card. I'm really excited for UFC 259. Only one official play there. You'll probably drop more here before the, uh, the card starts. Exactly. Keep on track with Twitter. Heavy hitters, 94. Um, It's good to be talking UFC again. States, we'll do it again next week. Team
1: man, let's have a profitable weekend and we'll we'll come back here on Monday with uh, hopefully some green in our pockets. Fucking
0: A.